Hey, if you've got a, a Bible this morning, go over to Colossians, which is in the New Testament. A little hard to find. It will come up on the screens for lazy people. And I'm um, just, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, Galatians, Ephesians, or maybe the other way around, and then Colossians is after that. Go to the contents page. There is no shame in the contents page of the Bible, all right? And uh, this morning, I just want to kick off a little series uh, for us that will go for the next four weeks and uh, that we have entitled God Is. Everyone say God Is. God uh, is. I'm a little excited uh, about this. Normally, you know, the first message of the year is kind of one of those you can do it kind of messages to set you guys up for success and, and uh, you know, just helping you be the very best you you can be in 2020. And that's great, but that's not what this series is actually about. This this is not a series on self-effort or, or, or your great willpower or trying in your own strength to make things happen uh, this, this year. Actually, there's a name for that. It's called religion. And it will leave you tired and disappointed every single time, all right? And so I've got nothing against self-improvement or setting goals or any of that sort of stuff. I've set some goals already uh, this year, but but I don't want to start this year exploring the possibilities of what I might achieve with my ability. I want to talk about who God is and what He can do through us, all right? Uh, about His position and uh, His posture over your life, because I've discovered a really amazing thing, and some of you have as well, I'm sure, one of the most motivating things, one of the most encouraging things I've discovered is to know who God is and where He is around about me, and that He is near, He is active, He is engaged, and He is interested and ready to help us in 2020 with whatever it is He's put on your heart to do. And I just think we've got to be reminded this morning about his position, the position of God over you, because I've found four essential truths about God's position. We've shared on this probably three or four or five years ago, but it's just time to bring it out again, blow the cobwebs off and remind us before we get any further into this, into this year, you've really got to know this. And I want to remind you as we launch into this new decade that whatever may come your way, you got to know this. God is in you. He is on you. He is for you and he is with you. God is in you, God is on you, God is for you, and God is with you. He's in, on, for, and with you. Now, I know that this, this message series, it is geared towards those people who are in currently a relationship with God. And if you're not today, let this entice you, let this draw you closer to, to God. I pray that you would consider that. But let me just think, think about this for just a moment. If God is really in us, if, if He's in me, and this, this takes place when we surrender our lives to Christ and really begin living for Him, if He is in me, then I am a forgiven per person. I have received the righteousness of Christ. I am in right standing with God. I have the same power in me that raised Christ from the dead, if He's really in me. And if God is really upon me, then right now, and I'm talking about you as well, then we have his anointing upon us. We have his empowerment. We have the power of God and our lives to do great things for him this year. 
he's in me, and if he's on me, if he's really for me, then wow, I have his full support in 2020. He has my back, and I have the weight of heaven behind me if he's for me. And if he's really with me, then I'm not alone, and I can face whatever may come my way, whatever trial, whatever kind of circumstance that comes before me. I can walk through any storm. I've got no need to fear because God is with me. That's some good news right, right there. There's no one else. You will not find that anywhere else. No friend, no force, no other faith that can make the claim to be in you, on you, for you, and, and with you. And I just want to tell someone this morning that God is not tuned out from your life. He's not, he's not turned away. He's not distant, and He's not disinterested. He's right here. He's right right here, right now, in, on, for, and with us this morning. And I want us to know this well as we launch into 2020. God is in me. God is in me. If you got your Bibles, first, uh, sorry, Colossians chapter 1. Let's just see if this comes up. It does as well. So it says this in Colossians 1. And Paul, actually, the, the writer of the book of Colossians, he is actually writing this, penning this letter to, uh, from a prison cell in Rome. And so the setting's not great for him, but listen to what he says, verse 25 of Colossians 1. He says, I have become a servant of the church by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. Verse 27 says this to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, that's the non-Jewish people, that's us here this morning, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is this. This is kind of the crux of it. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The message version says this mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just the Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. This mystery in a nutshell is this. Christ is in you. Christ is is in you. And Paul speaks a little bit about the message of Jesus Christ as he's introducing this to the Gentile world as a, as a mystery. But what he, what he wasn't saying is that this whole Jesus thing is a complete mystery. I just can't understand it. He wasn't saying that. It wasn't that he couldn't figure it out. That word mystery is this Greek word mysterion, and it means a secret or something that was concealed, something that was hidden, something that was unknown by the wise the world, but now what was concealed has now been revealed through Christ. And up until that point of time, it was just the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, who were the only ones who were given this promise. But God had a plan that would go way beyond just one nation and one group of people. He was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm opening this up to everybody. I'm making it available to everyone. I'm going to make a whole new way of access, a whole new way into my kingdom. I'm doing away with the rules and the law and the rituals and religion. Paul's saying, listen, that mystery is now revealed that through faith, Christ now dwells in you. God is, is in you and he is the hope of glory. While he was on the earth, Jesus spoke of a time that was coming. 
John 14 verse 19 says this, Before long the world will not see me anymore. This is Jesus leaving planet earth. But you will see me because I live, you also will live. And on that day you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. I'm, I'm in you. Paul would later say in Galatians 2.20, he, he says, I've died. I died to myself. I've died to my, old, my own way of living. I've died to my old nature. But Christ now lives in me. And I now live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. And you may be sitting here this morning and you've never perhaps experienced, discovered the indwelling of God. Christ in you, His Spirit in you. And you, you may be wondering, what, what's, what's that like to have God in me? <laughs> like God in me. That just seems impossible. And I watched a program on the Discovery Channel once uh, about 101 things removed from the human body. And uh, there have been lots of weird things. A javelin removed from a person, which you can imagine how that happened. And, you know, uh, in fact, I read something about a boat anchor that was, anyway, uh, uh, keys have been swallowed, springs, jewelry. One guy over two years, I saw this in the Guinness Book of Records at the, at the doctor's surgery the other day. He ate an airplane over a couple of years. Just in, how do you eat an airplane? In small chunks. Uh, and, and so uh, another guy with a personality disorder ate a TV aerial. I guess he thought he was a television. I don't know, but... But there are things, right, that do not belong inside of us, okay? There are things that, we, we, that shouldn't be in us, foreign objects. We were not designed to eat airplanes. But, but you know, how, how many have seen the movie Alien? I'm talking about the old one, right? I won't go any further than that if you, you know the scene I'm talking about. It. But you and I, you and I were made to have the Spirit of God in us. We were designed and created to have relationship with our, with our Creator. God is not, when it comes to Him in us, He is not a foreign object. It's not like, how am I going to get this in here? It's, it, he, we were designed to, to, uh, to, to receive Him. And we were all born with this God-shaped hole. You've heard this, no doubt, before, that can only be filled by God Himself and the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, I think it is that we were born with eternity in our hearts. We were born with this longing to know who God is, not just in kind of this distant kind of a way, but a, a personal way. But the problem is people will try and fill that God-shaped hole with everything else but God. When we were designed to have Him in us and us be in Him. The great uh, philosopher Pascal, he wrote this. What else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim, but that there was once in a man a true happiness of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace. This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, though none can help, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object. In other words, by God himself. Designed by God, to be in relationship with Him, for Him to be in us. The great Saint Augustine said to God, you've made us for yourself and in our hearts, our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. It's us in Christ and Christ in us. It's not Christ in a book. 
It's not Christ, some historical figure. It's not, it's not Christ, the, the legend. It's Christ alive yeah. in, in right. us. Because Christianity was never meant to just be about following the teachings of a great man, a, a prophet that once lived. There's been plenty of great people who've lived on the earth whose teachings have inspired people to pursue them or following what they taught. But Jesus left more than just a mark on history. He left us himself. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Come on, give someone another high five for yourself again. Just to, Come on. Probably the best example, the best example, the best illustration in the Bible around Christ in us is found on the scripture behind me in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, where it says, we've got this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not, not from us. Christ is in us. We are the clay jar. The King James Version says it's an earthen vessel. Sometimes a little cracked, sometimes a little worn, definitely a little ordinary. But listen, filled with something extraordinary, filled with, tr with a treasure, filled with riches, with something so precious. The commentary on this verse says an earthen vessel was made of common run-of-the-mill clay, fragile and easily broken. And yet God has entrusted the treasure of the gospel to such a vessel. And Paul uses these words to describe Christ in us like the surpassing power. That word translated from Greek is the word uh, dunamis or dynamis, which we get the word dynamite from. Explosive power that is, that, that is Christ, Christ in us. The commentary uh, continues. It says, we stand in awe of such forces of nature, yet forget the equally awesome power that is Christ in us. If you've, if you've received Christ this morning, if you are walking with God, you have Christ in you. That is incredible. All the amazing things you've seen over the last few days and watched on Netflix or Facebook, you've got Christ in you. The most incredible, amazing thing possible. When was the last time you marveled at that? And it's only because of Christ in us that we can stand today and say, man, I am, I am the righteousness of God. Outside of Him, but in Him and Him and me, I've got it made. This is good news. I'm, I'm, I'm a winner I cannot lose because He is in me. And then flowing out of that position of God, of who God is, God is in me. Then I discover not only is He in me, but He's also upon me. Come next week for that message. And, and he's also for me. And, and he's, he's with me as well. It's not a bad position to be in. It's not a bad place to find yourself in. And on January, the whatever it is right now, realizing, oh my gosh, I've got the living God inside of me. And he's this year going to be upon me like never before. Man, he, he's promised to be, to be for me and, and, and with me. Come on, it's good news i got one point this morning, just going to keep it simple and let you go early just because it's the first service of the year. <laughs> but when it comes to Christ in us, God is in me. You've got to just remember one thing and it's really simple, but it's really important. It could be the most important thing you'll hear all year. The first point and only one is, is this. You've got to stay in him. So he, he is in you. you. You cannot change that. Christ is in you. There's nothing you're going to do to get him out. 
But you've got to remain in him as he remains in you. You've got to stay connected. Jesus said this in John 15, guys, remain in me and I'll remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in, I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. That, that word remain, it, it, just, it just means to stay and abide in Christ to continue to dwell, to be present with Him, to, to stand with Him. We are in Him as much as He is in us. The, the, the Bible says, for it's in Him that we, we live and we move and we have our being. The Bible says it's in Him we are the righteousness of God, which means we are in right standing before our Maker. When God looks at us, He does not see all of the, the stupid things you have ever done, uh, perhaps doing or will ever do, if you have Christ in you. You have His perfect record and God sees you. That's how we have relationship with Him. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins. In Him, we are chosen. In Him, we can approach God this year with freedom and with boldness and with confidence. You can bring your petitions to Him, not worried if He's going to smite you. Colossians 2 verse 6. I'm not sure if this is up here or not. It is. It says, So then... Just as you have received Christ in you, just as you've received, received Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him. Just as you've received Him, continue to abide in Him. Continue to live with Him. Continue to worship Him. Continue to seek Him. Continue to spend time with Him. Fellowship, worship, talk to Him, thank Him, and know Him this year. Make it a priority to remind yourself of who it is who lives in you. And because of that, who it is He has made you into. I mean, some grateful people here this morning about what Jesus has done in our lives. The things He's rescued us from. Oh my gosh, the things that He's delivered us from. The lives here that have been turned around. The testimonies that we heard last year. The water baptisms that we've had. Why? Because of Jesus. Jesus coming in and residing in our lives. Because we allow Him... We'll allow him to do this. I'm just going to finish with this quick thought, and maybe the band could actually come. It's in 1 John 1, chapter 4, verse 4. And you'll know this passage if you've been in church for any amount of time. And I want to declare this over you and over your year, 2020. How many know that there are good things in store for us? How many know that there are challenges ahead of us too, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, how many know that there's going to be opposition that we're going to face, you're going to face? There's things that you're going to have to navigate and get through. There are things that may even come against you. There are circumstances that may be adverse this year. Let's not kind of, kind of sort of skip over that. It's it's just the reality of life. But listen, listen to this promise. Listen to this declaration. You are an overcomer because the one who is in you, I said the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You're an overcomer. You will overcome. 
There's nothing that you can't do because of Christ in you. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The Spirit of God who dwells in you is more powerful, has more authority, is far bigger, has greater strength than any other power, any other thing that you may face this year. Why don't we stand up this morning just to kind of close this. You have an unfair advantage to the world. And it's okay. It's an unfair advantage to the world because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And I just want to pray for the Spirit of God that is inside of you to really make Himself known in new ways and in greater ways. Father, we thank you for 2020. We thank you for this new decade with what feels like a new season of time for us. Lord, you are indeed, not just in this house, but you're doing a new thing all over the world, Lord God. Thank you that nothing's changed with you. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're still good. You're still on the throne, and you're still saving people's lives. Thank you, God, for the hope of glory. Thank you for your spirit inside of us. Lord, let, let us not walk out from this place or head into our year without letting that really sink in the truth of the gospel. Lord, that once was concealed, but now has been revealed in Christ. That you, Lord, have come down. That your spirit has been sent in us, Lord. And we receive your spirit. You're in us. You remain in us this year as we abide in you. I thank you. Thank you for your spirit, Jesus. Thank you, God, for all that you'd have us do.